welcome to the one in one podcast where below average podcaster chats with an above average athlete. I'm your host, Bridget B. My guest today is Cassidy Shumway, who played soccer at Brigham Young University from 2007 to 2010. Cassidy, welcome to the show. Thanks, Bridget. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to have you. Now, you grew up in Bountiful, Utah. That's a great name. I've actually got a friend now that's quarantining out in Utah because she's a big-time snowboarder. All of the pictures she sends me look awesome. So pretty. Yeah, I wish. I played sports, you know, indoor sports. So I learned how to snowboard, but I am not an expert. <laughs> I've, I've missed that calling. It was probably frowned upon, right? Because in case you got hurt and you couldn't play in the soccer game the next day. Yeah, no, I I just learned they make all fifth graders. You can take it, take lessons cheap. So I learned in fifth grade, and that's probably the last time I've been on the mountain. <laughs> I would. I don't know how to ski or snowboard, but I'd love to get out to Utah and check out Zion. Have you ever been? Yeah, we. My parents have another house down in southern Utah, so it is gorgeous down there. Um, so we've we've been a couple times. I've tried Angels Landing. Angels Landing is not for the faint of hearted. Um, Faint. Yes, it. <laughs> we went and me and my sister quit. We couldn't do it. So if you can do that, it would be an amazing bucket list item. I personally probably couldn't. I like like a good leisure experience. <laughs> I'm not climbing anything, not going too hardcore. <laughs> now, you're one of five kids. Where do you fall in the birth order, Cassidy? So I am lucky and I'm the oldest. I'm the oldest of the five. Um, I was seven and I had a younger sister that was five, a younger sister that was three. And then I, my mom had twin boys. Wow. So we were all close and we had fun growing up. Nice. A lot of responsibility though, being the oldest for five out of five kids. I loved it. I loved it. So (laughs) it was good. (laughs) I was the youngest. I had zero responsibility. It was great. <laughs> I do. I don't resent them now, but yeah, they have a way easier life than I did. I took the brunt of all my parents' parenting. Right, as the oldest should. <laughs> now, how did you get into soccer? Uh, my mom tells me it was a friend in kindergarten, um, and it was right when my mom was having twins. Um, so my friend's mom was like, hey, I'm going to sign up my daughter for soccer, like, you should sign up Cassidy. I'll take her. So I ended up playing and, um, I, my parents just said, I, I loved it. I dominated. Like I was at, I'm really tall. I'm six feet tall now. And so when I was a kid, I was just the biggest on the field and I just would just take that ball and run and score. So it was fun. <laughs> I love it. Now I know it. I know at BYU, you played mostly midfield and forward. Was that like your whole career? Did you ever play any other positions growing up? No, I played center mid and forward all growing up. If I ever got tired, then they would make me play center back to take a, uh, to take a break. But I hated it. I hated anything where I wasn't up there scoring. Yeah, no, scoring the ball. It's the most fun part of soccer. I don't blame you. Yes, or getting to touch it. Like I loved being in the midfield. Like it went through me. I touched it all the time. It was fun. <laughs> nice. Now I know you played a little bit of basketball. Any other sports growing up or just soccer and basketball? Um, I, I have a funny story about basketball just cause I'm so tall. I think everyone wanted me to play basketball and volleyball. So I am very like, I don't know what you call it stubborn, but I didn't want to because everyone was telling me that I should. So I played a little bit of rec basketball and I played volleyball in high school. Um, but I just was like, no, I love being the 
tallest person on the field. Like I loved that I was different. So I liked playing soccer instead of what everyone thought I should play. Yeah, I guess on the basketball court, you're not the tallest. I mean, like six feet in high school is pretty tall on the basketball court, but in soccer, you're right. It's definitely better. Yeah. That, that height difference is a lot more in soccer. Yeah, it was fun. In, in high school, I played basketball um, every year too, but I didn't ever practice. So I was not good at shooting. I was not good at dribbling, <laughs> but I was so quick and fast that I would play up at the top. So I would guard the other team's point guard. Oh, so they wow. were these five foot tall girls that I was just, I would just eat alive on defense because I was just <laughs> so quick, but so long. So it was fun. Oh man, that's a good strategy by your coach. I like that. Yeah. Now, how old were you when you started playing ODP soccer? Um, I think about 12 or 13. Um, I do remember, um, no, I didn't play on a very good club team. My, my family didn't have a ton of money when I was growing up. So I played on the, you know, parent run clubs, but I just put in a ton of hard work at home. That was my, you know, go-to thing. No one was going to outwork me. So I did all my drills at home. I was like a self, you know, I taught myself everything. I'd watch the world cup. I had it recorded and I just watched that over and over. So, um, I remember going to try out for ODP when it was my first big tryout and, um, I remember like my mom had to shove me out of the car because I was just so nervous. Like no one I knew was trying out and um, I made it and I made it every year. And it was a good experience to like see life beyond my little bubble of soccer that I was playing in. And um, it was a really good learning experience and I got good coaching from doing it too. Yeah, you played on the Utah State team basically all of high school, right? 2003 to 2006. Yeah, yep. Um I played on that every summer. It was a pretty big summer commitment. Um, and that's where I got to play good competition from California and other, you know, West Coast teams that I didn't see a whole lot, um, you know, because soccer was still growing in Utah. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome that you got to travel and face that competition. Yep. It was a good experience, especially transitioning into um, college. We just we saw the same club teams over and over in Utah. So um it was good to get different competition for sure. But it sounds like even if you didn't play ODP, you would have got, you would have played college soccer somewhere because you put in so much hard work at home. Yeah. I preach that to anyone that asked me about college soccer um, and like making the, the right team, making the best team. I honestly think it all, most of it comes from your just hard work and dedication. Um, I, I spent every afternoon after school every saturday i could at a soccer field kicking a soccer ball i'm um, doing my my drills so i think that you can play as far as you want to go with hard work absolutely now in high school you attended woods cross high school you have an incredible athletic and academic career and you were you know joking at basketball how you like eight girls alive up top that worked out because you were defensive player of the year in basketball in 2005. yeah no i had zero offense my grandpa's <laughs> favorite story about basketball too is um we were playing our crosstown rival and we won we ended up winning and the headline said christensen and that christensen was my maiden name so christensen right. and anderson um beat the braves the article talks about the game and um i scored zero points and i was like headline at helping our team win so it was purely just my defensive effort and just 
I gave my all into every game, no matter what sport I was playing. And so um, my grandpa jokes that no one should have their name in a headline if you score zero points. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. In soccer, you were more of an offensive threat in that in that sport. Stellar career. You won a state title in 2005. You were all state from 2004 to 2006. And you were team, your team's leading scorer from freshman to senior year, all four years. It's incredible. Yeah, thanks. I Joining that freshman team, you know, as a freshman, you um, don't know what you're getting into. Um, but I, again, just worked hard and I knew that I was as good as any of those girls. So um, I'm glad that the coaches gave me a chance and um, I loved playing. And um, yeah, winning state was probably one of the best things you know, it was the funnest night of my life. And I know a ton of people from high school too. Like it was just a big community event. We had this big party at my house afterwards after we won. Um, so yeah, it was fun. Oh, that's amazing. Saved that offense for soccer. Now you also had a 4.0 GPA and you were ranked number one in your class. Were you the valedictorian? I was a valedictorian. I gave a speech, not my favorite thing to do, but I've listened to some stuff and I've read some books about how being a perfectionist is not a good thing, but all during high school, I didn't, I wouldn't settle for less than perfect. So that was my personality. Um, I had to get an A and I did, and it was, I didn't in college. I kind of let up in college, but um, yes, school and soccer were my life. Nice. Now, how was the valedictorian speech? I think I still have it, but I was sweating bullets. It was oh, the yes, most nervous right. I've ever been. I don't think I'm a very articulate person. So um, I have sisters that are way better storytellers than I am. But um, it was fun to see like all my hard work be acknowledged. Yeah, no, for sure. And I'm, I'm sure it was good. I think you're just you're being hard on yourself. <laughs> probably, probably. <laughs> Now, can you talk about the recruiting process and what led you to choose BYU? Yeah, um, the recruiting process for me was interesting, mainly because I knew I only wanted to play for one school. I, um, my family grew up University of Utah fans, which is like a no-no, like for me to go to BYU. And um, we had University of Utah football tickets, like that's where we went. Our family wore red, um, but I truly believe that that's where I wanted and should be going to play soccer. And so I went to their some their summer camps every year um, and made myself known. And I that's where I wanted to go. So I talked to other colleges, but it was always going to be BYU. Okay, nice, nice. Now, BYU is a Mormon school. Are you a Mormon? Yes, I am a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So that's okay. kind of my thing, too. I never played on Sunday, which was hard. Um, that's just my religious belief. I, I didn't do it, and it was hard. Um, but BYU doesn't play on Sunday, so I knew that's where I wanted to end up. Wow, nice. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't mean that you have to be a Mormon to attend the school, but there is an honor code at BYU based on the teachings of that faith. And it's pretty strict, you know, it's pretty unique to college. But, you know, I think one of them is you, you guys aren't allowed to, like, have caffeine on campus. So was it hard to live by that honor code or easy because you were already a member of that church? Yeah, see, and 
When I thought about that question, it honestly was easy for me. Um, that's how I live my life. And so it wasn't that big of a deal. I could see how it would be hard for someone who didn't grow up, you know, with rules, whatever you want to call them, but that's kind of how I lived. And so it wasn't an adjustment. That's just what I was used to doing. That's awesome. And I'm always, I, maybe surprise isn't the right, impressed at how good BYU is at almost all athletics, because while you don't have to be Mormon to attend the school, I think 99% are, and the athletics are great. The football team's always good. The basketball teams are good. The soccer teams are good. It's really incredible. Yeah, I think it's it's people like me that, you know, they work hard, and especially academically, it's really hard to get into that school. Um, so I got, I mean, yeah, I, I would have gone there whether or not I was playing soccer because I knew it was going to give me a good education. Um, so you have all these all these kids like me that work hard and get good grades and are good athletically that want to go to BYU. So they, they see the usually the best. That's how they are so good is they, they see people that work like I do. Mm -hmm. Now, you mentioned your parents were Utah fans. So did they take it hard when you selected BYU? Um, they were okay. The, who took it the hardest was my littlest brother. He would wear red, all red. He was probably like 10 when I went um, my freshman year, and he would wear red shirt, red shorts, and he was like, I'm not cheering for this BYU. But funny story, he's there now. So oh, I can no way. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. That's so funny. Now, yeah, Utah and BYU have a pretty big rivalry, more so when Utah was in the same conference, the Mountain West, now they're in the Pac-12. But what was it like on the soccer field, that rivalry? Um, it, what was it like? It was hard. Um, you know all of these girls growing up. It was, you know, the best players from Utah. Um, they chose a couple other schools, but I knew all those girls um, that played for Utah, so... It was a hard match. I think we didn't we didn't win every year. One year we won by oh I want to say four or five goals, and that was probably we were riding that high for a long time. Um, but yeah, it was a you know those those fans weren't nice to us. It was it was a tough tough game. Your little brother must have not been happy when uh, you guys beat them by five goals. I think by the time we did that, he was he was over to the blue. All so. right, he was wearing blue. Yeah. All right. All right. Nice. <laughs> How is the Mountain West Conference for women's soccer? Um, you know what? It was okay. I look at where they're playing now, BYU, um, in the West Coast Conference, and I wish I could have been playing those schools um, that they're playing now. But back then, it it was okay. Um, you know, those games were still hard, and I think the conference was known for being, like, just down and dirty. They didn't have a ton of skill, but it was, like, you know, a fight, a, a really a really hard fight each game. They were not going to let you win easily. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about down and dirty in a bit, but <laughs> you're right. Now, you get to campus in the summer of 2005. How was that transition from going from, a, you know, a high school player to now a Division One college player? Um, I think, again, it, it reminded me of my freshman year of, of high school. You, you go in here and you have high expectations, but you also don't know where you really fit in. Like, you don't know how prepared you are compared to these girls that have been playing at this level for a while. Um, and I remember preparing for those fitness tests, you know, like that summer before I was working my little tail off. And um, 
I got there and the first couple of weeks I was like, I can do this. Um, I felt like I was just as good as any of those girls that had been playing college for a while. So I don't know what it was, my size, my work ethic, whatever, but I, I felt like I really belonged that freshman year and that I, I knew that I could be playing and scoring goals right off the bat. Yeah, and you did. You played right away as a freshman. I think you had seven goals that season, so really good start. Yeah, I think my fun stat is I was the second highest scorer every year. So I couldn't wow. ever break through, but I was always the second, the second highest. That's still a good stat. And yeah. at six feet, I imagine they had run some plays for you to head the ball in just to outjump your opponent. I I scored a few headers, yes, for sure. Um, the other cool thing about the team when I was playing is our average height was probably 5'10". We had a ton of girls my height. Um, so we just had a really big, strong athletic team when That's I was playing. Awesome. That's awesome. Now, you actually met your husband, Drew Shumway, at BYU. He was an athlete, too. He played lacrosse. How did you two meet? We met from a mutual friend. Um, yep. We, he was a fellow lacrosse player. Jeremy Lacrosse is what we called him. He knew everyone and anyone that was anyone. And so um, we actually started watching. Um, we were watching uh, Boston Celtics. That's where Jeremy was from, Boston. I play the Utah Jazz. And me and my husband, we were both huge Utah Jazz fans. So we were all at this party and watching this game, and we just hit it off. Um, and we watched every Jazz game together and kind of just spent the rest of the season. You know, they have games every other night. And so we saw each other a ton. Um, how we met, we still watch Jazz games. Oh, that's so sweet. I bet you, well, maybe not this year because of COVID, but I bet in the past you've done a lot of date nights at the games. That's our first official date. My parents had good, they still have good season tickets. So we were wow. fifth row. Our first date is probably something he couldn't, he couldn't find anyone that beat that. So he knew <laughs> stick with me. Oh man, that's amazing. Now you two actually get married while still in college. Now, how was that balancing being a division one athlete, a student and a wife? You know what? I just, when we were talking about it, I didn't want to go. We knew we wanted to get married and life would just be so much easier if we were married living together than rather like juggle this, you know, all these different things. So I'm happy we did it. Um, we got to see each other, I think, a lot more than we would have if we would have waited um, just because we were both were so busy. Um, and that's what I kind of talked about. I cherish sleep. And so we got to I got to sleep way more <laughs> being married than if we would have we would have held off. Nice. Nice. Now, on the soccer field, BYU was a top team, probably still is often ranked in the top 25. And you made the NCAA tournament all four years. So crazy successful career. Yeah, um, playing in those NCAA tournaments was um, a great blessing. And when we got to host it one year, um, the first round, um, that was an experience I won't forget. We played USC on our South Field in November. It's just a pretty setting with tons of fans. Um, it was a it was a cool memory for sure. Yeah, and as we talked about, right, freshman year, you played right away. Team was really good. You guys went 17-4-2, and won the Mountain West Tournament. You actually win that tournament three out of four years there, so you must take a lot of pride in that. Yeah, we, um, we either won the tournament or won the regular season, so we did pretty well in that conference. That's awesome. 
that's that first year you lose in the first round of the tournament to Texas. But then sophomore year in 2008, you go 18-5 and 1, again win the tournament, and you beat Utah in that title game, which must have been even sweeter, right? Yes, of course. <laughs> now, I believe this was a I think this was a year you guys hosted the tournament, right? That, yes, and it, the years all blend together. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> Saying it back to me, I'm like, yes, that's the year that we hosted. Yep. And I think we, did we play Virginia Tech? Yeah, first? you beat Virginia Tech the first game and then fell to USC in uh, in penalty kicks, which is, that has to be so tough to lose in penalty kicks. Yeah, no, and I remember I scored in that Virginia Tech game and it was one of the best. I remember it. And then, yeah, losing in penalty kicks. I mean, I've won in penalty kicks and it's fun, but losing is, you just feel like you you couldn't you could have done more and you didn't get the chance so yeah uh, i i always get nervous watching penalty kicks on tv it doesn't even matter if i'm rooting for the team or not i just i don't know i like something about it just makes me so nervous for them do you feel that when you're on the field i mean yeah just because it, it i mean you can like even the slightest mistake the goalie could guess right i mean i always think the offensive end but um yeah, it's not a done deal. It's not as easy as it looks when you're just watching on TV, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, and there's definitely skill involved, but sometimes it's like if the goalie just guesses right, you're kind of screwed. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, yep. Ugh. And it's funny because, you know, United States has the best soccer team in the world for women, but statistically the past couple of times they've gone to penalty kicks, it hasn't gone well, which is funny to think they're so dominant in in the sport of soccer but have lost a lot in penalty kicks yep no i those i mean whoever came up with that there has to be a reason but it doesn't seem fair to me no, not at all i agree now your junior year in 2009 is the year you become internet famous as ponytail girl <laughs> so conference tournament right the semifinal game against new mexico New Mexico player Elizabeth Lambert was aggressive. That's not really the right word. Over the top. Should have been kicked out of the game and then some. Ironically, I think she only got like a yellow card that game. I So I don't think she even got a yellow. I think it was another player that got oh a yellow. Oh, my God. I mean, some of the things she did, she elbowed a BYU player in the back, threw a punch at a player's head, tripped someone, and brought you down by your ponytail. I mean, this clip appeared on SportsCenter, Good Morning America, all the late night shows. I mean, what was going through your mind when that happened to you? Um, when it happened, so I remember we played them earlier in the season, and I told my family, um, there's this girl that plays on this back line that you, like, run past and she'll hit you. And I'm used to, like, I'm pretty handsy. Like, I pull some jerseys. Like, I'm not scared to you know, do that sort of stuff. But just got to the point where you're like, this seems unnecessary. Really, it does. Um, so I told her that this we're going to be playing against this girl. Like, I'm not looking forward to it. Like, it's not fun to just get hit for no reason. Um, and then that all happened. And so I remember thinking, and I'm a pretty even kill person. Like, I'm very patient. But I went straight to the locker room. I didn't talk to anyone. I was like, honestly so mad at what was what happened at that game and my family finally came and found me and um because there you know nothing was actually called like the ref didn't see anything um and they just kept saying if that would have happened to anyone else on the field like i'm sure a fight would have broken out but 
luckily it happened to me because I just sat and took it and like internally was so mad. Uh, anyway. Yeah, no, I mean, you did the right thing by not starting a fight, right? You know, uh, two wrongs don't make a right. But I, I mean, that's assault, what happened. And I just can't, <laughs> I don't understand how none of the reps saw any of these moves. It's crazy. Yes, no, crazy. Especially, I mean, it was televised, like, especially because it was televised, it was going to get out. So I can't imagine how much happens on those games that aren't televised, to be honest. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Uh, but yeah, I, I, what was she thinking? It was televised. It obviously comes out. She gets suspended. It, like I said, it becomes it, all over the Internet. If it happened like in today's world with Twitter and Instagram, you'd be even more <laughs> Internet famous. But can you talk about being recognized for those clips and like being known as the girl that got pulled down by her ponytail for a good amount of time? Yeah, it's funny. So as I was like reminiscing about this that happened 11 years ago now, um, to this day, probably once a month, someone talks to me about it. Um, so it, it will never die. That's okay. Um, but when it happened, um, I graduated in engineering. So um, I'm pretty sure a lot of the people that I was in classes with didn't really know who I was. Like they weren't super into sports. Anyway, <laughs> So I show up to class like a couple days later and there's these boys sitting in front of me and they are playing this clip over and over. And it's me like I'm on their screen and they're like laughing, talking to each other. And I was thinking to myself, like, they don't even know that that's me that they're watching. And I'm sitting oh my right. God. So there were times where like it was just BYU, a BYU soccer player. It wasn't like me specifically. Um, but even when we went to the NCAA tournament right after that, the next week, we were, you know, in the airport and the the airport workers saw our team and were like, oh, you're BYU soccer. Like, anyway, so they took me and the other girl in the clip, Carly, and they took us to their back wall where they had us sign their famous person wall. Like, I'm serious. <laughs> like, people that I shouldn't be on the same wall with, I was signing next to their name. Um, so that was pretty fun. Like, that's never going to happen to me again. But um Anyway, that's incredible, right? Wow, he signed a, a famous person wall. It's like, I'm pretty sure next to like Bono. Like, honestly, I'm pretty sure Bono, I signed next to Bono. Like, we're not, <laughs> not the same level. <laughs> oh my God. No, that's smart. Find the most famous person on the wall and sign your name next to him. I love it. Yeah. When you Google your name, like, that is what comes up. And you've had a very successful soccer career that we're talking about. This is just one aspect. And you weren't even to blame. You were just the victim. So that is that kind of tough for you to, if you ever Google your name and the first, like, 10 articles are about this incident and not a game where you scored a goal or, you know, like, good stuff like that? Yeah, so it's funny. My little brother used to brag to his friends, and they'd say, let's have a competition. You know, I think he's a little middle schooler when this happens. <laughs> But let's have a competition and let's Google our siblings' names and see who has the most like things come up. And so he knew that I was going like he knew I was going to win that competition with anyone that I went against. Uh, so usually when people tell me like when they find out that it was me on that clip, you know, they say like, "How is it?" And I joke that my goal, like my whole goal in life, is to be on SportsCenter. You know, growing up, like that's my goal, and I'm on SportsCenter not for my soccer ability and that's kind of humbling but um i wanted it to be for my soccer ability but instead it's for my luscious hair so oh my God. i just joke about it it's not a big deal but yeah it is funny 
That is, wow. Now, you know, when all the clips came out, the player was suspended. Now, did she ever apologize to you? Oh, I mean, personally, no. My parents, when we played them the next year, my, my parents said they saw her parents. They were staying in the hotel um, in New Mexico when we were playing there. And they said that, that her parents did come up to my parents and apologize for the thing. And I'm sure, I'm sure she has, I mean, she's probably gotten as much press as I have, but way, like, worse um, yeah, no, I mean, definitely worse for her. Like I said, you were just a victim. You did nothing <laughs> wrong. And in fact, you mentioned it. You didn't fight her. You did it the right way by just, you know, getting up and walking away. But no, it's definitely worse for her. No, I've never gotten an apology. I don't expect one. And honestly, I've had people say that that happened to them, you know, when they were playing. So I'm sure it just happens. And it, it sucks for her that it was caught on camera. I mean, it sucks for her, but, like, she was doing it that whole time, and also, like, you just don't pull someone down by the ponytail, so I don't feel all that bad for her. But it's crazy to me that she never apologized, that the coach never said, you know, you got to apologize to this player, because what she did, I mean, it should have been several players that should have gotten an apology, but wow. I'm sure we got a PR apology. I'm sure that happened, but... Yeah, but I mean, you guys were both juniors when that happened. So New Mexico's in your conference, 2010, your senior year, you guys play New Mexico. Was that weird? Um, It was weird as in we go there and I think they sold out their stadium. Like, I don't think that had ever happened until that point. And I don't know that she played in that game. So it was kind of a letdown for all those fans. But um, <laughs> it was a civil game. That next year when we played them was totally uneventful. Wow, wow. Yeah, the coach is probably smart to not play her. That's probably a good, good thing. Yeah, wow, that's pretty funny that they sold out thinking there'd be like a part two. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, but, you know, we talked about this ugly incident that happened your junior year, but junior year was a re another really good season for BYU. You guys were 18-4-2. That's the one year you lose the conference tournament because it's, you know, the game after, that was a semifinal game, you beat New Mexico then had to turn around and play. I'm sure emotions were running high after that. Yeah, no, it's it's hard to win every game. Um, oh, for sure. So I, I can't even remember, like, the specifics, but, um, you know, we you, you have one bad game, and it's I, we couldn't believe that we lost. Um, luckily, we had such an awesome season that we still were able to make the tournament. Um so I think, you know, it's not do or die those conference tournament um, games, but um, if you put in all the hard work in the season, you know, you'll make it further. Absolutely. Yeah, you guys made it to the second round of the NCAA tournament that year. You run into powerhouse Stanford, though, which had Kelly O'Hara and Kristen Press on the team. So ugh, it's a tough, tough way to go out that year. Yeah, you go to Stanford and, you know, like, you know, that on paper, they're a better team. They have those players that play on the national team, you know, and you're just like, okay, hey, like we can do this. And it was one of the only games of my career that I remember thinking like, this is hard. Like, <laughs> they are good. And, you know, there's just, I don't know what they ate as kids in those cereal bowls, but, you know, they, they were a better team than we were. But it's not like you guys got blown out. I think it was just a one nothing game. I think it was, but uh, you know how, like, when you're playing and you're just like, man, I don't know that we can win this. And that honestly doesn't happen to me very often. Like, mm -hmm. to this day, I feel like I still play soccer and I go to every game thinking I'm going to win. But that game was hard. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. Now, senior year, 2010 comes along. Another great season, right? Like, you guys go 16-3-3, three three, 
take the conference tournament title back, beating New Mexico in the process. So good for you. I'm sure that felt great. <laughs> Always. <laughs> now in the NCAA tournament, you lose to UCLA in penalty kicks. You know, you guys go, it was a double overtime scoreless game. Such a heartbreaking way to end a great career. Yeah, I don't like thinking about that day. Um, <laughs> I I can still think about sitting on that UCLA track um, after that game and just, you know, in awe. I don't even know, like just w- without words that it's over. Um, you know, especially like a 0-0 penalty kicks. You're just like, what just happened? Like, um, anyway. I don't like that day either. Yeah. That was, uh, <laughs> I don't even know what to talk about because it was, um, you know, that four years, that's so fun. And just to have it end like that is, is crazy. Yeah. Uh, but still, like I said, it doesn't take away the great career you had. You leave BYU playing in 92 games, 26 goals and 15 assists. I mean, that's outstanding. Thanks. Yeah, it, it was, it was fun to look back and especially, you know, talking to the coaches after, um, I was a forward that just ran and ran and ran. Um, that was kind of what our team shifted to and what they do now is we play high pressure just because I love to run. I would put pressure on those back lines. I would keep running. Um, you know, like I said, that's, that's kind of how I grew up playing is that I was always going to outwork anyone else. Um, I would slide for every ball going out of bounds. Um, and I just hope that like those, those kids that I was, you know, coaching while I was at, BYU, um, we coached the, you know, next generation of, of soccer camps, hoping that they saw that, like, that's what it takes and that's what you can do is, and the legacy that we wanted to leave, um, you know, our final game at BYU was just that hard work ethic. Absolutely. Do you still follow BYU soccer today? Yeah, it's hard not to. Um, I live now, um, we moved back closer um, down by BYU, so I see games and I, um, I keep up with the coaches. So yeah, they're good friends. Oh, I love to hear that when players, you know, keep up with their college coaches after they graduate. Yeah, they, they had a big impact on my life and, um, you know, and taught me a lot about the game and I hope to pass that on to now my kids too. Yeah. What do you think? Do you think the kids will be soccer players or lacrosse players or maybe both? Oh, um, Definitely soccer players. My husband even says it lacrosse is hard. <laughs> and it, it requires a ton of gear where soccer we can play in the house even when it's snowing. It's <laughs> That's the greatest a good point. sport on the earth. Right? Yeah. Oh, indoor soccer as a kid was fun. Make the pillows, the goalposts. Oh, so fun. <laughs> now you mentioned kids. What have you been up to since you graduated BYU? Uh, that is a good question. I, I did some engineering for a while. That's what I graduated in, um, but found my passion working. Um, I do math um, tutoring after school. I run some centers, so um, I still get to work with kids. And then um, now I have a family. I have a seven-year-old girl and a three-year-old boy. So um, just lots of, she's starting to play soccer and I'm trying not to be that obnoxious soccer mom that just wants her to you know, be the best and like win every game. I'm trying to just let her enjoy it, but I, it's hard not to be competitive even as a parent. Yeah. Yeah. That is hard. Uh, but, um, wow. So math tutoring, I could have used you. Math was not my strongest subject as a kid. <laughs> yeah, no, I took that engineering and I applied it into real life. Like I want to help other kids. So 
Yeah, oh, that's it's, amazing. You're definitely doing great work, I'm sure. Oh, and actually, I do have a quick question regarding, uh, you know, your your faith. I know a lot of people in your religion do missionary trips. Did you do one? I did not go on a mission. My husband did. He went to Atlanta, um, and both my my little sisters did. Um, but I kind of was playing soccer and got married, so uh, I I didn't go on one. You had a lot on your plate. Yep. <laughs> I will say I was thinking about my time at BYU too. Um, we did a lot of things though with youth and um, we did a lot of firesides kind of, we spoke to kids whenever we traveled, there were a lot of um, members of our church wherever we went across the U S. So we would always gather, um, you know, while we were there for a game and we would um, talk to these kids, you know, about our experience and about BYU and about playing soccer and, you know, kind of the hard work, um, thing to to hope hopefully help these kids you know when they're in their teenage years and then I also went to Nicaragua for oh, a wow. couple of weeks with BYU um, I went with Jimmer Fredette he was on my group if you remember him <laughs> I um, do. yes wow so we did some volunteer work in Nicaragua over oh, one man. off season oh that's amazing you must have seen some pretty cool stuff it was very humbling like it's a it's a good experience everyone should have that opportunity to, you know, really appreciate where you live and how much you have now. Yeah, yeah. I said cool stuff. I guess I was maybe referring to just seeing a different country, but you're right. That is a, you know, poverty stricken country. And I'm sure you guys did a lot of great work there. Yeah, no, I mean, it was, it was a cool experience for sure. Mm -hmm. Wow. Now, do you play soccer personally still to this day? Yes. Um, my husband has made me stop playing five nights a week and now I only play two or three. Um, but I, I, my goal is to play till I'm 50. I love it. I play in men's leagues. Like I still run my little heart out. Oh, that's amazing. I bet you dominate those men's leagues. I could see it. I, I mean, I try to, sometimes I look at these 18 year old kids and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I, I used to be 18. I'm not anymore, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I hold my own. Oh, good for you. That's amazing. Cassidy, I have loved our conversation. I like to end the podcast with a couple of fun questions. How does that sound? That sounds great. All right. So I know you're busy being a mom, playing soccer, you know, having a full-time job. But in your free time, what TV show are you currently binge watching? I was going to say, like, currently... I ha I'm keeping up on The Bachelor, um, but before that, it was The Crown. Um, okay. Yes. I've heard some good stuff about The Crown. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. I mean, it's I, it wasn't my thing, and then, you know, for some reason, I got into all things England and British. That's like all the, the novels I read now take place in England. So That's amazing. The Bachelor. I'm also a Bachelor Bachelorette fan. Um, I try not to tell people I am, but I really do love it. It's it's drama that I don't have in my own life that I uh, seek through watching The Bachelor. <laughs> a lot of drama going on this season. <laughs> and a lot this week, the week that we're recording. Wow. Ugh. All right. Next question. If you could have dinner with one person, living or dead, who would it be? Um, that one's easy. I Before I was going to be an engineer, I wanted to do art history. So I would say Michelangelo. I've been to Italy and I've read a ton of books on him. And for some reason, I find him fascinating and super talented. So I would choose Michelangelo. 
That's a good one. Interesting. All right. Last question. After COVID-19 ends, everyone's vaccinated. What's the first vacation you and your family are going on? Um, I, so for our 10th anniversary, I dragged my husband out of the country and we went to France and Italy. Um, so I, I promised him that we would go back, like, but he got to choose. So he wants to do a trip to Germany and Switzerland. So that's probably where we'll end up next. Okay. Are you taking the kids or is it just a mom, dad trip? You know, I would, I would be okay with mom and dad, but he hates leaving the kids at home. So it's a, it's a game time decision on that one. All right. That's pretty cool for kids to be able to go and travel to different countries. Good for them. Yeah, they sleep well. That's the only reason I would let them is because they sleep well at night that they're able to come with us. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Cassidy, thank you so much for taking time out of the day to come on the podcast. Yeah, thanks. It was fun. It was fun walking down memory lane for sure. Of course. Now your career at BYU is great. You know, you are more than just ponytail girl. Thank you. That means a lot to me, honestly. <laughs> All right, everyone, that was my chat with Cassidy Shumway. Hope you enjoyed it. It was really great to hear about her career at BYU. A lot of people had only known the name from the ponytail incident, but as you can see, she had a great four-year career there. And she's still playing soccer today. I'll be back soon to speak with another outstanding athlete.